Welcome to the Motorsports in Focus podcast. I'm your host, David Santiago, joined by my co-host and producer, Joe McKinney. Hope you enjoy. All right, here we go. Joe, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. A little, little tired. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize ahead of time because as listeners may have been able to gather, I have uh, some allergies kicking in right now, oh. and I never have allergies. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen you no. deal with allergies I, before. The only reason I know they're allergies is because I don't feel sick in any other way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sneezing like I'm getting paid by the sneeze. Like, dude, it is insane. I think it was yesterday I had something like 20 sneezes. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, at what, what point do we stop this? And you work outside. Yeah. So yeah, it probably do. doesn't help. Well, I think that's probably why I don't have a whole lot of allergies, typically. Could be. I mean, I guess I could theoretically be incredibly sick, and I'm just getting you even worse but we'll find out yeah no <laughs> but i just i know i sound nasally i can hear it myself and it's like okay if i can hear it everyone can hear it yeah so. we'll, we'll have to power through um so the first thing on the schedule uh we did not have formula one this past weekend uh because of the flooding in uh, italy which uh, was actually pretty bad it looks like they just got a lot of heavy rain and uh Essentially, you know, they weren't going to have the race with all the flooding around. And it actually, uh, I saw pictures of the track, Imola, and there was flooding around it as well. So it was everywhere. So disappointing, but um, it's obviously a bad situation there, so it makes sense. I think they should have raced ribs. (laughs) Have have the teams develop boats. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Some of the best engineers in the world. Why can't they do this? Yeah, for sure. What are we we even doing here, guys? Have you seen... um, I don't know why that reminded me of, uh, you ever seen like the boat racing where they race these, uh, really tiny canals? I don't know if that's the right term. I don't know anything about this stuff, but I've seen videos of it and they're like small boats, two people, there's a navigator and he just points left or right. And you've never seen this? I don't think so. No, I might need to. You might need to show this to me. These boats are crazy. They turn on a dime. Yeah. They're probably, they're probably just still jet boats. Yeah. So they're going to function like a jet ski. So Pretty much. Yeah, you're but, on throttle, you can turn. Yeah, extremely fast. I don't know why. It reminded me of that. That okay. would be like a Formula One boat, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've seen I've seen some of the boats that do it. Like, they'll do open lakes and then, like, cone courses, essentially like a glorified autocross on the water. And the, But the, the boats are insane, like yeah. the engineering and stuff behind them. They do have some proper racing boats I've seen yeah. that are sort of like Formula One, but yeah. on the water. Yes. Um, but obvious- there's, no, there's not generally, like, a track it's more like a well. If there is, it's hard to tell as yeah. when you're watching. Yeah, but uh, they're extremely fast. There's even oh yeah. drag boats. Oh, I know. They those literally... are incredibly dangerous. People die yeah. in those things all the time. They not, they hold onto a time. wire to start too. Like yes, yeah. and then they let go and they're like, all right, well, if we float a little bit, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I I find that endearing. I guess it, it, like in a way like. You're you're going through all this engineering, right, to develop this incredible boat. And what's what are you guys doing to start? Just, just hold kind of casually, yeah, yeah. Just just hold on just to the rope. Sit, just sit still for a second. <laughs> like you couldn't have like no one's decided that there's some way they could do like spot lock or something like that off of a off of a really tiny trolling motor. <laughs> yeah, or some like quick release system or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just guys, just hold on to that. Yeah, <laughs> don't let go yet. Okay, now you can let go. Okay, yeah. now go fast. I wonder how they even stage, or they just like ah, close enough. Yeah, just hold on I, to the that line. That may be the case. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So obviously, no Formula One makes sense. And no Formula um, One boats. Yeah, no Formula One boats. And uh, but we did have some other races. Yep. 
or I should say there was another race, and then we had uh, some qualifying sessions. Uh, the other race being the Nurburgring 24, mm-hmm. and I was really excited for that, and then I was really disappointed because I could not find a stream to actually watch the race. I find that uh, to be a far more common occurrence than I would like for it to be in almost all forms of racing, but in particular endurance racing. Yeah. Yeah, the coverage on even the WEC races so far has been pretty pretty sad. Yeah. On, uh, who is it? I think it's, I want to say it's Motor Trend. And maybe they show the full race on, like, their streaming platform, because I know they have one, but the actual TV coverage, as what from what I could find, they just had some of the beginning and then some of the end. So and I was I, like, what is what is this? This yeah, is terrible. I have the I have the subscription to Motor Trend. Okay. So it's it you can just pop it on and leave it on. Okay. But yeah, it's like prior to that, it was I, I remember texting we're always sitting there at like the beginning of Le Mans, like where where are you guys finding the street? Like what the <laughs> hell is going on? It's Le Mans. Yeah, and they're exactly. having a problem getting it out. Like Yeah. It's always been the case and then they started back back in the day. You used to be able to find streams for everything, right? This is when I used to like stream Top Gear oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Until they cracked down on that, and then they cracked down on stuff on YouTube. And I feel like the same thing has happened now, except for it's like for TV stuff, live live stuff. And uh, then they geolock you. So like, I actually found the uh, N24 stream, and then it was like, oh, you can't watch this in your country. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> And this, this but you is, could, I could watch it in another country. And this is where we have that NordVPN sponsor out I, of nowhere. Yeah, I literally, I was like, <laughs> I, I wish I had a VPN right now. That'd be nice. No, you know, I've, I've thought about that. Like, again, our natural ability to do these unique tangents. But um, I've, I've thought about how radically different the um, viewing portion of the internet and the listening portion of the internet have handled piracy so drastically differently. Because if you think about it, music went, guys, we are not stopping this. Like, this is a yeah. nightmare. Let's do a subscription package. You just pay X amount of dollars a month, and you can get any song you want. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, I'll pay $10 a month, whatever. Yeah, I don't that's what I, don't I did. Care. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then the TV's like, no, you need. if you want to watch this, you have to subscribe to this channel. But if you want to watch this, you have to subscribe to this channel. But if you want to watch this, you have to subscribe to this channel. And we may not offer that at that time so you're gonna have to come back subscribe later but also subscribe to this pack like it's what are we doing yeah (laughs) like i yes yes that is exactly the problem that i have experienced as well and it just makes you not want to watch it you know it's like not worth the 100 percent 100 it's very frustrating luckily you know the whole espn deal with f1 makes it relatively easy to watch yeah, but it should be. That's Formula One. I, you, you know, it's yeah, like, exactly. Formula One and IndyCar should be, and and NASCAR should be the single most readily available series in all of racing. Like, it should not be hard to to watch any of those. Yeah. So that's I, not too surprising. And I know it's going to be a pain to watch Le Mans again because of like we described earlier. It's going to be like I remember. I don't think Fox does it anymore. But you remember when Fox used to do it, and it was like, all right, guys, we're going to have. The first four hours on Fox yes. One, and then you got to switch over to Fox Two. But NBC does that too. Why? Why? Just it, show the whole race. Well, NBC has now started doing. Uh, I don't know. If, does NBC carry uh, Lamal this year? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's 
We but have, but I'm planning have, to check so I can post something about it. Be like, here's where you watch it. Yeah. So, so they have they have previously like if you subscribe to Peacock, you don't need to change the channel. You just leave it on Peacock, which is their streaming service. Okay. So you just leave it on there, and it's all on there, and you don't have to worry about it. You're not you're not sitting there like, oh, go to NBC Sports. Okay, now go to CNBC. Okay, now go to NBC. It's like, you know, guys, I <laughs> I'm surprised the cable services didn't see the writing on the wall and turn their and turn their companies into streaming platforms whereas imagine like a comcast streaming platform that has all the same channels but everything is on demand or you can tune in to whatever it's like tv but you can watch it anytime i mean that's pretty much what the music industry is that's what i was just saying exactly you you think about it like itunes and spotify are or apple music rather and spotify are the equivalent of Comcast and DirecTV. And each record label is the equivalent of NBC, ESPN, ABC, etc. So what you're doing is you're subscribing to Comcast or DirecTV to provide you those channels, which is what we used to do on television. Yeah. But now you're asking for a streaming service. It's it is it's interesting. But the problem Yeah, the imagine problem if you, you had to subscribe to each artist that you feel you want to listen to or each record label yeah, yeah exactly I mean, it's like yeah you, 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 okay so i want these eight artists but i don't want the other 33 that are attached to this label but i need four more off of that label it's like <laughs> that's really what we're doing with yeah. viewing packages and it's it's yeah, it's wrong <laughs> like it's really wrong yeah well and my favorite thing is the amount of people and and then we can move off of this but i i love when people go oh it's so nice now. It's like I'm not paying two hundred dollars for streaming or for for television anymore. I'm like, you have like yeah. nine streaming services. There's <laughs> no way you're not paying two hundred dollars. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely true. There's literally you can sign up for in order to watch. That'd be an interesting little experiment to see if you wanted to watch all the races and all the series. How many different platforms you would have to subscribe to? Motor Trend has made it very easy. Yeah. Um, they've done a good job of really capitalizing or cornering the market rather. Yeah. And they make that very easy. So you'd really need Motor Trend, ESPN Plus, and NBC or Peacock. Yeah. And that would cover IndyCar. That would cover all your WEC stuff, your IMSA stuff, your Formula One stuff. So that's kind of your three that you'd have to get through. Yeah, fair enough. But... What we're getting at is that this is a problem, guys. It's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the uh, N24, I couldn't watch it. Um, but uh, it looked like a pretty good race, interesting race. I love endurance racing, obviously. I only so, watched the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't I didn't tune in. I, I didn't remember. I was actually, I was in town but out of town. It was kind of a staycation type of thing this mm. weekend. So I missed all of the racing. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but uh, yeah. Apparently there was huge crowds, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that's what they said on the highlights. It was like record crowds. Yeah, and it seems like a theme just in general right now with endurance racing. There's just so many people um, coming to the races and the events. I mean, it's happening in IMSA. It's happening. I don't. Well, yeah, WEC too. At least at Sebring. I don't know about the other tracks. So, what you're saying is when you get more manufacturers involved, <laughs> you get more fans. You know, I think it's a possibility that could be the case. Hmm. Although, at the 
N24, it's mostly privateer teams. It's not really like a manufacturer versus manufacturer yeah. deal. Yeah, I get that, yeah. And it's all GT3 stuff. So that is pretty interesting that that, that race That one in got particular, yes, yeah. Um, my theory is, uh, or at least something I was curious about, if there's any connection. Uh, during COVID, that all mess, I think a lot of people got into sim racing while there wasn't real racing happening. And I wonder okay. if there's been a surge in interest in real racing because of all those people that got into sim racing and then all of a sudden paid attention. Well, because, for example, iRacing has their special events like the Daytona 24. They also have a Nürburgring 24 virtual version. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if people got into that and then were like, hey, this is the real thing. Now that it's happening again, I'm going to go watch that. Right. I, I could see that. Um, I, I tend to, I tend to avoid attributing all of these anomalies that we are recently discovering to COVID. Yeah. Just naturally, because it seems like everything they're like, oh, well, you know, because of COVID, it's like, maybe, maybe yeah. I, 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 could, I, I see your point. Yeah. I'm not sure I quite agree. I, I, I think more than anything, what's happening is that. We're making all of a sudden the racing's becoming more competitive, more entertaining. We're seeing a lot of people getting involved, as whether it's privateer teams or actual manufacturers. I I, I think overall the product is just easier to sell because it's better now, and it's getting better and better and better. And I think a lot of people within racing are starting to figure out, okay, wait a minute, we can't just we can't just become these amazing engineers and then expect people to tune in to the marvel of our cars going around the track it's like mm -hmm. that's yeah that's that'll that'll capture some audience it captured you and i it doesn't capture generic joe schmo down the street that's tuning in for two hours out of the out of the 24 of the Le Mans. what he's tuning in for is some really good racing towards the end of the race yeah and that's what we're finding with a lot of these series is that i i don't I don't feel like I've watched a race in the last three or four years where it's been a minute and a half gap or a full lap gap for the the lead driver, regardless of the series. I think Formula One's done a better job of reining it in. IndyCar has mm -hmm. always been pretty good about that. I don't feel like WEC's been struggling with that recently. Um, a little bit in the Toyota-only prototype era, but they have yeah. enough other series that they can kind of mask it and get away with it. And then IMSA's been fantastic for, like, what? 10 years now yeah imps is awesome but i think uh i'm mainly attributing it to that also because i think it's it seems like there's got to be more new people involved mm -hmm. because people who are into it have always been into it that's not going to change i don't think like there's a lot of people who get into motorsport and this kind of thing and then you know they try it once and they're like all right i'm done i'm not going to do that again. right i feel like once you're in you're kind of in yeah, for the most you, part yeah you generally get hooked yeah and uh I think sim racing brought a lot of new people in that maybe weren't interested before. Also because there was people like like big names like Verstappen, Norris, Tony Kanaan, Grosjean, all these people like streaming Leclerc. They literally I Tony Kanaan did. Yeah. They literally stream uh sim racing. Yeah, th so that was going to be my next point was that it it's real easy all of a sudden to get involved when you because people like the generation younger than us are very keen on watching streamers. Yeah. And so all of a sudden now they can go, wait a minute, I can watch the streamer in real life 
on TV doing an actual race. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's, you, you build an att- attachment, not att- maybe that's not the best word, an affinity for that person. Yeah. yeah. And then it's almost like, um, and maybe it's just because we don't see that typically on TV in these races. We don't build that affinity for the actual people doing the thing. Mm-hmm. But you definitely care more about a race. It's like, um, you know, for example, when Alonzo came to Daytona, you know, he's a big name, obviously, and that's part of the draw. Yeah. But I also think part of the draw is you, people generally know who he is. And so somebody could tune into that race and be like, where's Alonzo? Yeah, How's he of doing? Course. Of course. You know? And so you can end up doing that same thing. It's like maybe if you watch, uh, you know, Tony Kanaan uh, on his stream and he's doing mostly like endurance stuff. I don't know. I haven't watched his stream too much. But, um, you know, maybe that gets you into GT racing, whereas before you were only into IndyCar. So I don't know. I, I think it's pretty interesting either way. It's good for the sport in general. Um which is awesome to see, but I'm curious if it'll keep growing or if it'll sort of plateau or drop off. Yeah, well, and I, I think what's interesting, and maybe I'm not, uh, I would I, I would include you in this as well. Um, maybe we're not the best uh, judges, if you will, of the growth of motorsport when comparing series or types of racing or whatever. But I do feel like, a lot of the Formula One, your typical Euro series, right? Formula One endurance racing. We see that in, in the United States, of course, with IMSA and whatnot, IndyCar. But I feel like that type of stuff is on an upward trajectory. And I feel like NASCAR currently is more on yeah. a downward trajectory. And I, I, maybe it's because I'm not involved in the NASCAR world, but I don't, just outside looking in, I don't feel like those guys in NASCAR are actually pushing to became to be to grow their fan base as an individual driver the way the guys like Verstappen and Leclerc and Norris all did during COVID like you were saying earlier so I I, I can see that in some to some extent and maybe that is a an aspect of of what we had to deal with with in COVID and also just being a younger generation but I don't I don't feel like a lot of those NASCAR guys are um like I, I just don't see the same sort of growth in the sport the way that we have in in some of the others in in recent years. Yeah, well, I think you know the, the constant trope too is like trying to attract young people into to going to the races and watching it on TV, and so maybe just younger people are getting more involved in motorsport in general, mm-hmm. and maybe I don't know. Maybe, and that's also like the thing that people always say, oh, the young people, how do you get them involved? Well, they're into computer stuff, right? So it must be the sim racing. So I don't know. Maybe that's also sort of a trope, but um, something something's happening. It's a good thing for endurance racing for sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. And and all those, like you said, the, the that type of sim racing where they're doing the 24 hours and they're switching drivers and stuff like that. Sure, it's not, it's not the same as the real thing. Mm-hmm. But of all of the sports that translate really well to online and simulation, racing does a really good job. Like, nobody's just... Not nobody. There are people that I'm sure watch it. But I personally, I'm a racing fan and a hockey fan. Those are my two major sports that I watch regularly. I will tune in to a sim sim race because it's pretty much the same thing. Without the consequences... Mm -hmm little bit of difference in physics and stuff like yeah there's some things here and there right i am not watching 
a, a major competition on NHL 23. <laughs> like, that's just not a thing. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. S- racing does work really well in that aspect because there is no way to simulate, okay, he, that dude's actually skating. That dude's actually stick handling. That dude's actually making. No, that's not a thing. That's that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're not doing that. <laughs> it's an interesting point, actually. And I also think it having I did a little bit of sim racing, uh, some like mini endurance races. Like uh, I think there were four hours or so, um, and it might have been less than that. I don't. It was a while ago. But um, but you, had, you did have a legit sim rig set yeah, up yeah. as well. Like yeah. this is a proper. Don't sell yourself short on what you're. No, it was it was legit and but i'll say man it was a ton of fun and it's fun in like a different way because you're like operating as a team Mm -hmm. and you're in this thing in you know video games are typically like oh yeah you get this short hit of dopamine like this we practiced we had to develop a setup for the car a strategy we had to monitor fuel uh tire wear all this stuff in the race and you know, it's not a real race, but you're doing all the same things. Yeah. And it's extremely fun, but it's equally devastating, like, when you get taken out. Yeah. And, um, but I can see that because it generates so much emotion, either positive or negative, that, you know, like I said, you just develop this affinity for, like, oh, it sounds stupid to say, but someone who does, like, a 24-hour sim race, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, fake racing. It's like... It's, 24 hours is no joke, man. Yeah. yeah so if like you do that, you're definitely going to be like into this and be like, I really want to watch that because I sort of understand what they're going through 100%. on a small scale. You Well, you use a ton of brain power yeah. for a very long period of time. But then it's not like even the legit, like a proper sim rig like you had. It's not a simple, like, you're not just tossing a controller no, around. You'll, you'll for get a little tired. While. Yeah. You will wear yourself out in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and it is really, really difficult to concentrate. Like, I, I speak from somebody that, like, I got a basic sim rig, and three out of my four closest friends have major sim rigs, like you being one of them. Yeah. I cannot sit there and just burn lap <laughs> after lap after lap, because at some point, like, a portion of the way through lap, I'm just, I lose my attention. I'm not, I, I don't care enough to, like, really deeply focus and try and figure it out. I enjoy it when I get it right, but it's, I, I want, I still want that sort of arcadey feel to kind of feed mm. that to me. Like, I don't want to have to do all that work. Yeah. So then what, like what you're saying, where people that actually do do all that work and start to understand what the teams are doing, you have a newfound respect and yeah, you're instantly exactly. hooked and you're instantly a, a fan of that sport. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like really anything. quick. The more you understand what's going on, the more you appreciate it. You know, it's like yeah. if you go to, uh, I'd imagine the average person that goes to an air show, for example, and they watch somebody tumble around in one of those aerobatic planes, they're probably, at first, they're like, whoa, that's crazy. But, like, it has no lasting effect. But, like, if you start to truly understand the forces they're under mm-hmm. and, like, what they're doing at what altitude and, like, you know, they've got seconds to, fi- you know, get control of the plane and all that stuff. Like, when you watch it, like, with that perspective, all of a sudden your appreciation just is, like, tenfold. Yes. And so it's kind of the same thing where it's, like, if you know what's going on, you know, like... You know, what you see on TV is the tip of the iceberg. Yes. They're constantly talking to each other. There's logistics. You know, somebody gets thirsty. They're trying to manage their fatigue, strategy, yeah. all that stuff. It's just intense. Yep. And that's what you just don't get with an endurance race on TV because you just, you know, you, it's impossible to know to that level what's going on and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I have, 
not every single thing on television falls under this category. Like, there is a lot of stupid television. But for the most part, if it is on television, that means it's in the public eye of hundreds of thousands of people at minimum, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, more than likely, there's a lot more depth to actually achieving it to the point where you get it on television than the surface level shows. Yeah. And that's where, like, I have a tendency to just automatically respect what is going on. Like, just flipping through channels, Cornhole was on TV the other day. <laughs> Some of you Midwestern people would call it bags. It's, like, <laughs> that strikes me as a joke on its face. You're like, what? Come on, man. It's just Cornhole. Yeah. But then you got to, you start to, like, you sit down for 30 seconds, you watch a match, and you're like, Okay, they are actually strategizing where they're placing the bags. They're now how what what trajectory are they throwing the bags at? And it's like that's a simple simple game, right? Th- not not to achieve, but in theory, like yeah. the the yeah, actual the act of it. Speaking, to, yes. Yeah. So something that simple, you can ga- you can even that can garner so much respect if you're just willing to understand the depth of it and and break it down and go, okay, that's what's happening. This is what's happening. That's like, whoa, that's why he did that and. As soon as, like, it, there's obviously, barrier to entry and, and skill ceiling work together as far as I'm concerned. So there's going to be things where you're going to sit back and watch. You're like, okay, the barrier to entry on this is very, very low, right? And that's what hooks people. The skill ceiling is what, or the, the sorry, the, the barrier to entry is what gets people to pay attention. The skill ceiling is what hooks people. Yeah. You're trying to endlessly get to the, the get to the skill ceiling, right? You need to get all the way up there. That's why golf is such a popular sport in the United States. Barrier to entry is pretty low. Yeah. Just about any Joe Schmo can go up to whatever used sporting goods store and pick up a set of clubs and go swing them. But to actually <laughs> play the game well not that is easy. incredibly <laughs> difficult. Yeah. And, it, like... Same thing could be said for anything. So as soon as that, as soon as you can get something like sim racing, where the barrier entry is, it's expensive, but it's relatively low. But the skill ceiling is incredibly high. You're gonna garner that respect. You're gonna create new fans. You're gonna build this kind of culture around. Wait a minute, racing's a cool thing. We like racing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so much more than just what you see on TV. And like people, you're like, okay, yeah, some people have a bunch of money and they buy these cars and they race them around you're like no it's way it's way more than that you got the mechanics and you know that's not even stuff that's related to sim racing all the stuff behind the scenes but then also the strategy it like it's so so complex and interesting and dynamic that uh yeah i think it definitely adds to it and i if you're ever thought about sim racing and you have a group of friends that you can get into it Highly recommend. It. I do too. Yeah, yeah. And and that's coming from somebody myself, not not a guy that stuck around and did a whole lot of sim racing, but it is a blast if you can get people with you to do it. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend, uh, especially i racing because they do those special events where you can do twenty four hour sim races, which is just cool. So, um, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, the N twenty four. Forgot uh, what we were talking about that. Yeah, uh, Frickadelli Racing uh, ended up winning. Yeah, uh, which is important because it was they were racing a Ferrari mm-hmm. two nine six uh, GT three. Yeah, which is actually really cool. 
because it looks like a Lamborghini, man. It throws me <laughs> off. The Lamborghinis and the Ferraris look so similar this uh, year. It's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, to the mid-engine them. mid-engine GT3 cars really sort of all blur, kind of blur yeah. together a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's really uh significant actually because this is the first non-German car to win the N24 since 2002. Hmm. And in 2002, it was the Viper. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, that All was right. the last non-German car okay. to win the N24. Oh, so has it been a, a combination of BMW, Mercedes, Audi, and Porsche regularly yes. winning it, or yes. is it like Porsche's just won it? A no, it's just been it? German marks, okay. like ones you just listed, yeah. pretty much. Okay, yeah, Opel maybe one time. Yeah, well, there is that Opel. I'm pretty sure that always runs around the old one. I'm sure you'd recognize it. I saw it. it. I yeah, saw yeah. it in there. Yeah. They're always there. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's it's just a boat out there doing <laughs> nothing, but <laughs> um but it's also the first uh win for Ferrari at the N24. Um which That's surprising. It is surprising. And I I don't know if that's a technical thing because like it's sort of like when you say this is team this is the first time Mercedes won in Formula 1 but they used to race Grand Prix, you know. Yeah. I don't know if it's that yeah. kind of thing. Because I used to do the thousand kilometers of Nurburgring, so. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is like the twenty four hours of Nurburgring. While it is a awesome race and historic and whatnot, it's not. It doesn't carry that same sort of magnitude that even something like the twelve hours of Sebring does. Yeah. So it's not because it was surprising. always or almost always the twelve hour. Yeah. I think in the beginning it was. Oh man, I, I wish I remember. It wasn't the twelve hour. The first race was not twelve hours. Oh really? Yeah. It was something else. I forget what it was. I will defer to you on on automotive history. I, yeah, and uh, in the early races too, they used to start um, like at noontime and then race to midnight. I wish they did that. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm sure now it's because of TV and it's like they just sort of smush the time up a little bit. Yeah. But. Well, and it de- it depends on what time of year you do it. Like if they're doing it now, you're only gonna get like three hours of of night racing in germany at this point like i would bet oh sorry i was talking about sebring with that oh okay yeah yeah that would be awesome early sebring okay yeah it's pretty sweet but yeah no this is this is 24 so yeah i thought you were saying they did they used to do a 12 hour of nurburgring oh no 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 it was the thousand kilometers sorry i could see how that would be confusing yeah because at twelve hours of Nurburgring would be fine, but you'd rather do it in the winter when you have approximately. They they used to do crazy races at the Nurburgring, yeah. like to the point where they weren't really races. I'm, I'm sorry. Before you continue, any race at yeah. Nurburgring is a crazy race. That, that's fair. That's fair. The early ones were actually mostly motorcycle racing, okay, which is crazy. Um, but they were like, uh, I want to say it was the thirty six hour races they used to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and there there might have been longer than that actually. And there was basically a race of attrition, and uh, just the last man standing. Uh huh. Uh huh. But like I said, it's like not even a race at that point. You're just trying to make it to the end. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of uh, endurance races like that back in the day that were extremely long, like more than a day. And now we've sort of ended up being like, you know, what this 24 hour thing is a good spot. I think that's probably enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. First win for Ferrari at the N24, and it's also the first international win for the 296 GT3, which is fairly okay. significant. Sort yeah. of proofs the car, um, proves that it is competitive. And they also set a uh, lap record total for this race. It used to be 159 laps was the record, uh, and this year they did 162. Wow. Which doesn't sound like a big change, but it's a big lap, so 
Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, you're talking about what almost thirty miles? Yeah, more. Well, I don't know actually. The total, I think it's less than that. I want to. I want to say it, it's. <clears throat> I thought it was like a ten mile track, wasn't it? Oh, sorry. I see you just uh, you did the math there. Um, yeah, I want to say it's like twelve. I, I kind of want. Can you look it up? I can. I want to know actually. If I can. If you can reach. There it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, fairly uh fairly significant race actually. Um. And really cool to see the Ferrari win, and especially since at one point they had a puncture, and typically, you know, an endurance like it's not such a big deal when you have a puncture at Sebring and you just go around for a half a lap and you make it into the pits. Twelve point nine miles. So okay. Thirteen miles. Now that may be slightly different for because I I noticed that. Well, they have the F one the GP bit. Yeah. So yeah. depends on the configuration. But either way, it's at minimum thirty miles. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, big, uh, big difference, especially yeah. for setting a record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had a puncture at one point, um, which, like I said, puncture at Sebring. Okay, yeah, you, you know, you uh, got to go in the pits. You lose time there, mm-hmm. half a lap. Depending on where you have the puncture. Oh, yeah. At the Nurburgring. Yeah. You're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. You could, <laughs> you you pretty much can end your race with the puncture. Yeah. If you're not careful. Yeah. I and I every time I watch the Nurburgring. I, it doesn't matter what it is, whether you're watching like a track day at Nurburgring or you're watching professionals go around in prototypes or in GT cars. It does not matter. Someone at some point is going to get caught out and they're just going to go around a corner and spin. And you're like, what What, what was that? <laughs> like, and it happens regularly, like to the point where it's almost like a theme for that track. And it blows my mind all the time because there's guys like one of them I watched I think was it the BMW maybe that had a that had a bad puncture or no it was the steering uh the, the control arm that snapped on him okay but like you're just watching and all of a sudden he just darts right and you're like wow okay I don't know what happened there found out eventually it was a control arm but then like a couple of highlights later somebody's just casually driving around the corner and then whoop just loops it and you're like <laughs> nerve ring is just an animal man there's yeah. just like and- I'm not too keen on the track myself like i love the history of it i love what it stands for and all that but i don't have the same sort of like immense top gear-esque love that that it garnered top gear forza type love yeah i understand i kind of have that just because it has so much history and it's like just totally unique there's nothing like the Nurburgring. no absolutely not um like it's one of those things that i remember a couple years ago when it was sort of uh in danger of um sort of uh going away mm-hmm. i remember thinking of that i'm like there's no way that well, we could let that happen there's no way that will happen like yeah. this is such a cornerstone of modern uh motorsport you know yeah i mean I, I would say that the closest thing i can think of immediately off the top of my head would be like spa but even spa like the old spa you know mm-hmm. the huge yeah, track yeah. right yeah. but even that is a very large portion of the track that is not currently attached to this track is very straightforward like yeah it's through the trees of course that's dangerous and yeah, it's and pretty whatnot. much straight line but it though. is a lot of straight lines yeah. like nurburgring does I, i'm not sure they know what a straight line is <laughs> well that's the thing. it's such a unique track yeah um and even just watching the onboards and watching uh because uh, i did watch some of the pace lap and the onboard videos uh during the race and it's just it's just such a cool track and the idea that you know i don't know what the total car count was but because the track is so large also you can have so many cars racing at the same time to the point where like when they come in the pits they actually angle the cars mm-hmm. so that they're not like nose to tail 
which is kind of amazing you know on its own that they even do that yeah um but it's just an amazing track and just it's narrow there's guardrails everywhere and the gt3 cars are trying to fight through traffic you know with it's, the slower it's not cars wide enough to fight yeah. through traffic and there's either. like yeah. hatchbacks yeah. out there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> touring cars like, it's gotta to, be like terrifying. touring wagons and stuff yeah it's, it's it's a weird situation it's fantastic though and um yeah I, I find myself regularly getting hyped up for the Nurburgring 24 and then not watching it. Or when Does that I happen do... to you with the Bathurst 12, too? No. No? No, I love Bathurst. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big Bathurst fan. Okay. I prefer the, the 1,000K with the, the V8 supercars. Okay. Uh, but the even the, the 12 hours still, I, I would much rather watch that. The problem is, I more often than not, I forget to watch that. But if it's if I it kind of rem- sneaks up on you in the beginning of the year. Yep, and if I remember to watch it, then I will watch it. Yeah. If I don't remember to watch it, then obviously I don't. But with the Nurburgring, there's a lot of times where I'll remember. I'm like, oh, it's on. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was just disappointed I couldn't find a, a damn stream this year. You want to jump back in the the streaming conversation? We could. No. God oh, no. Okay. Okay. God no. <laughs> I, yeah, thought it, no. I thought it would work, too. I went to their website, and it was at least playing the preview because it was on the German website. And I was like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it'll confuse YouTube, and I can get through because I'm on the German website. It didn't work. Well, what, what, not, not again to harp on this really yeah. quickly. What blows my mind is how is it that WEC or Nürburgring, whoever, I don't care who's running whatever event it is, right? How the hell do they not have on their site because everything's a .com, right? So you got like .com is going to be for the US, .ca for Canada, you're going to have .eu for Europe, right? We have these locales, of course, fine. Why do they not have on the site that is hosting the race like nurburgring24hours.com? Why is the stream just not there? Like Well, that's what I'm saying. Or, or or WEC, why do they not I don't care if WEC is not hosting the the stream. Why don't they have a direct link on their site? Like why can't I just go, okay, WEC, we got the uh 6 hours of spa coming up. Let me just go to wec.com. Oh, look, it's right there. It's hosted by so and so, but it's right there. Well, that's what it was, but it was hosted on YouTube and that's where I got geo-blocked. And oh, the same okay. thing happened All on right. the website. But that's what I thought was annoying. I was just like, wouldn't you want me on your website? And you could, like, you display think, ads yeah. around this frame and, like, I don't know. That's just, I don't understand it. I, I guess like, it's. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, whatever. It's icky. But, yeah, so we had the N24. Um, yeah. And uh, also we had, which is pretty significant, actually, uh, a lot of Indy 500 practice and then qualifying. Are we on day 30 yet? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> And it's wild seeing indie practice because, like, if you watch a Formula One practice, right, it's like there's some guys out there, never the whole grid, you know, and when somebody comes up behind someone, they just get out of the way. At indie, man, they're going. Oh, yeah. And uh, there are a lot of times where they're either making, like, legit passes or, um, I don't know. There was, I mean, a couple episodes ago, I was telling you how they, they will stream indie practice. You now understand yeah. why they stream indie practice. Yeah, it's like yeah. a mini race almost. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that makes sense also, though, because it'd be pretty dangerous if people were sort of uh, going slow out there. It's like you're either on it 
or you're not. Yeah, you, know? you need to get out of the way if you're not. Like, yeah. way out of the way. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to close on them really fast yeah. and put yourself in a bad spot. Yep. So that makes sense. Um, and then we had qualifying, <laughs> which I got to say has a sort of an indie newbie. That I've always watched the 500, but mm-hmm. like I'm not, I was never super into IndyCar and like following it. Um, trying to comprehend the, the qualifying at first was really confusing because <clears throat> mostly hinges around this like idea that somebody gets knocked out for some reason, which I understand, you know, you have the field of 30. That's the way it is. Got it. But it kind of sucks because this year, I guess we had 31 cars trying to vie for 30 spots. So it's like one guy gets kicked out and then they have this uh, second chance qualifying basically. So the slowest four compete for the last spot. Just It's just, I don't know, it's a weird format. Doesn't make it any is. sense to me. You want to know the best thing about Indy 500 qualifying is? What? It does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, all, I, there is, to some extent, it does matter. Like, you, you don't want to be in 30th trying to win the race. But the dude in 15th is not sitting back going, man, guys, we are screwed. There's not, I mean, just points here is going to be good. Let's just get points, right? That's not a thing yeah. for the Indy 500. So, as far as I'm concerned, qualifying is irrelevant. Like, I, I like it as far as an entertainment value. It's yeah. pretty interesting to tune into. Yeah. And I love, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I love that they're making this a huge deal all month of May. I like, do, too. It's the Indy 500, guys. It feels epic. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it also just does literally <laughs> doesn't matter at all. Like, the amount of times that somebody has won a race, I'd, I'd have to f- see if I could find the statistic. It is a really high number that the guy on the front row does not win. I could see that. Because, especially with this new arrow that they've got, we were talking about it when they were at Texas. No one wants to lead. Yeah. Because you're cutting air now. Nobody wants to cut air. Everybody wants to follow. They want to be in that clean, or that, that dirty air, but it's there's so little resistance. It seems they don't like want the clean air. The best place to be on the last lap is behind the leader. Yes. So then, right at the, in the last corner, you just draft them and just go yep. around. Yep. You so, get that toe and you're gone. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't see people like backing each other up, trying to get behind the other. Oh, or they do, they do. That's I think that's why you see so many cautions towards the end of the races mm. and on ovals is because everybody starts backing each other up, and you just create a chain reaction because cars are following so closely. Yeah, you also get aggressive, sure, but I wonder if you could fake somebody out. You set the pace really slow toward the end, and then you just run away from them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't anticipate it anyway. Um, yeah, it was an interesting format. Um, you know, we went from top 30 to top 12, I think, then down to the top fast, six. Fast six. Yeah, the fast six. Sorry. Remember, it's American. you got to market it. The fast six. Sponsored by so-and-so. Yeah, fa- <laughs> sponsored by Fast and Furious. Yeah. From several years ago. Uh, so, yeah, that was it was interesting, though. I, I don't know. It was pretty exciting. You know, it's, no, it's not that different from Formula 1's, like, Q3, Q2, Q1 um yeah it just doesn't sound as clean yeah it's just more american <laughs> yeah so. yeah it it is i i mean so spoiler for those of you that that haven't seen it go ahead and pause or whatever uh polo ends up on pole right yeah um with what was his time i think it was averaged of like 234 something so, so it's not a time that's the thing is it's speed yeah yeah which i like actually do you? I think that's an interesting format. I, I think it's I, th- I think it's a way to draw in the excitement for qualifying. Yeah. Because especially around an oval, somebody goes, it, oval. I, I, what the it's hell a, do you call indie? By the way, oval. is it? Is it I, okay. I think it's fine to call it an oval. Okay. So, <laughs> 
Anyway, around an oval, nobody gives a damn if you're doing a 135 or a 134. Yeah, it or means a, nothing. Yeah. So all of a sudden, what's the best way you could possibly market indie cars? They're fast, right? Whoa. Okay. How do you say that they're fast? Well, they just average 234 <laughs> miles an hour around a lap. Average. Yeah. And you're like... I'm sorry. What? So what did they hit at their top speed? Yeah, right. You know, it's like well, they're I, over 240. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant for IndyCar to do it. As far as like, does that? Should we see that then move to other series for? Because because it is the same measurement essentially. It's literally it's like, the same. It measures exactly the same thing. Yeah. T- so time around a given lap is exactly the same as speed. It's just written differently. Yes. So if. Formula One then says, okay, we want to do average speed instead of lap times. I don't think that works, right? I I, I, I get it for an old, or even you could do the same thing with IndyCar. You just, at at whatever track you want to come up, even the Indy Grand Prix. So the, you know, the GP track that's right there. That does not work, I don't think. I, I like it, sort of going off what you said there. I like it for qualifying, actually. Because it does give you a sense of speed. Mm-hmm. Because I'll be honest, I I don't know what I, I or I'd be, at least be interested to know what average speed a Formula One car is doing around a given track. I think that'd be interesting. It would like be at, interesting. Yeah. At Monaco, if they say we, we could do the math, it's really simple math. But um, you know, let's say the pole time is like 150 miles an hour. Just let that process. Yeah. They did an average speed of 150 miles an hour around the streets of Monaco. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. I, you know, I think I don't know if it's that high, but unlikely, I would imagine, on that track. But yeah. um I I still think to your point, where I think you're one hundred percent correct, that should be noted during the broadcast. Somewhere. It should not be the way that they time it. Yeah. No, I can see it going no, both ways. car and ovals, I'm good with that. Go ahead and go yeah. for it. Yeah. But I, but on road courses, I don't like it as far as the timing is concerned. I just, my, maybe and maybe it's my brain, right? Like, it, it just may be the processing power. It's it's the the age-old conversation whether you go to metric or standard, right? Like, it yeah. does it really matter? It's a unit of measurement. No. So, it's not that important, but also, I just kind of... I, I feel like this should be done this way and this should be done that way. I'm good with ovals going on, on average speed. I would prefer non-ovals, circuits, whatever, to end up as a lap time. I think it's interesting, though, because it definitely has an effect on my brain for some stupid reason. It's the monkey brain in you. But basically, when I was watching the mile an hour versus time, like when you see time, you're like, oh, he's not going to make up two tenths of a second. That's not happening. But for some reason, my brain's like, hey, you never know. He could go really fast to make up 10 miles an hour. That's possible. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know why, but my brain thinks that's a thing. I think that's because we're not used to that digit yet. I mean, you, you saw like, was it somebody got knocked out of the fast six by six one thousandths yeah. of a mile an hour? Super tight. I mean, that's, <laughs> you're talking about the same thing when it comes to time. It's like, yeah. how many times have we seen somebody... Oh, uh, Lewis Hamilton takes pole with one one thousandth of a second. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I do like it though. I love it for 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 what this is. The yeah. way they do it, I think it's right. Yeah. Do I want to see it translate to other other series and other tracks and whatnot? No. I think it should, like you said though, it should at least be noted at some point. Uh huh. Because I just want to know. I'm curious. You know. What do F1 cars average well, I mean, around Monaco? Back, yeah, to go back to your favorite track, the American Monaco, what would they average around Long Beach? Yeah, I'm, 
I don't. That'd be really interesting. You know, forty. <laughs> well, I wonder what the difference too would be between uh, a GT car and a, a prototype. You know, yeah. And I think it's interesting to me too because I find for non-car people the most common question that people always ask me. How fast me, do they go? Exact every yes. time. Yep. I knew exactly where you're going. Yeah. Well, and I think one one thing that's uh, that can be of note when it comes to average speed versus lap times. They ran a 112 in Monaco or whatever. I don't even remember what a fast time is at Monaco. Mm-hmm. Let's say they ran a 112 in Monaco, right? Okay, they ran a 131 at Hungary. Does that mean anything to you? No. Okay. Their average speed at Monaco. Uh. 102 miles an hour their average speed of hungry 104 miles an hour oh wow those are actually pretty similar tracks like, yeah, that's interesting information actually yeah, yeah it tells you a lot about the track yeah yeah I'd, that would that, honestly that'd be really interesting because like for example now i'm wondering like i wonder what the average speed is at le mans it's got to be immense yeah and so yeah, many straightaways yeah, at le mans. it's, it's got to be quite high yeah and then even you know again going, but it's not it's not going to be significantly higher like when we say immense we're not talking 280 miles an hour i mean no. indy is going to be about as fast as you're going to see oh, there's ab- not too many tracks on the planet that are going to be a faster average speed than indy yeah so if, so when you're seeing 234 miles an hour is your pole time that's insane yeah like that is folks that is so fast yes it's amazing but you know going back to the nurburgring what if what if the pole time i'm going to do the math after this and see but excuse me what if the pole time at the nurburgring was like averaging 160 miles an hour that's, that's crazy. crazy yeah that'd be insane that's crazy yeah, on that track yeah that'd be yeah. insane i'd, I'd love I, to I'd know i'd be surprised if it's that high well, what would you guess it is for nurburgring for the gt3 cars gt3 cars nurburgring um 124 miles an hour 124 i'm trying to think average I, I'm going to guess their fastest speed is probably around 170, and their slowest speed is probably like 40-ish. And I'm going to say they're quicker. I'm going to say they're around 132. Okay. That's my guess. Right. We'll, we'll do the math okay. afterwards. All right. I'm really curious to see what it is. But it's an interesting way to compare tracks across the same sport. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's going to be, obviously, I, I can already hear the, the internet screaming at us. Well, they run different tires on different tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Calm down. Yeah. We're just talking about the car on this track. Like, well, yeah, I hear you. It also gives you an interesting perspective, even if, um, I know they do this on purpose, but, like, you don't really see cars running at the same tracks as where Formula One races. Mm-hmm. Not even, like, Coda, you know? Yeah. Do they race at Coda, actually? No. Yeah, see, exactly. Perfect example. Why are they not racing at Coda? I think the only reason is because Formula One races there. Probably. But it would be interesting to compare the average time if they did race at the same track to see, like, oh, it's actually not that big of a difference in speed, Mm -hmm. but the time difference made it seem like it was a big difference in speed. Yeah. That'd be really interesting to know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so uh, we have uh, Palo uh, on pole, and then VK... Uh, number two spot best looking car on the grid yeah sorry <laughs> and then uh rosenfist uh in in third position there. okay so that's your front front row because at indy they have three, three cars yeah. per row yeah which i think is actually kind of cool it it is it at, is if if the track can handle it do it yeah and it's also just tradition and i, I just think that stuff's cool and yeah. it's like unique 
to Indy. Could you imagine if there was one F1 race account uh, per calendar year where they had three wide to start? Um, that would be so cool. It would be cool, but Formula One could never manage it. The drivers, the drivers are way too aggressive, and uh, I don't. I just think it would end up in a massive accident every time. Maybe, maybe, but it'd be worth it. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of what Coda wouldn't be too bad. It's pretty wide there. You have a really narrow hairpin. Coda but, is really wide, but everybody does kind of jam in anyway there. That it may it may solve itself before it yeah. becomes a problem. There's plenty of space to bail there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, imagine like. I wonder. You know what? what? Just do it at Coda. Just make it an American yeah. thing. I wonder. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at pictures of uh, places like Monaco back when the cars were really narrow yeah. and skinny. I wonder if they ever did that with like three wide instead of two. Because now they're freaking, they're like steamrollers. So yeah, you couldn't do that. Oh, it, but. That's that's one of the biggest issues with Formula One in general right yeah. now. Is like real simple fix, make them more narrow. Yeah. Man, that's I. I wonder how much the drivers notice that at places like Monaco. Even back to the you know the two thousand, the late, uh, two thousand cars, um, with that were pretty skinny the V eight yeah. cars. Yeah, real tall wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have been so much easier to drive around a track like Monaco. Oh, I can imagine. Right, I can imagine. Could you, could you imagine somebody like Nigel Mansell or, like Senna if he was still around driving something like today around any of those tracks like the, those little things in the early 90s that like but, those are go-karts in comparison yeah to be fair though the, those cars also were pretty wide were they okay like the 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 car the you're foot, thinking the of footprint with Senna. was pretty small I, i'm yeah i was more imagining the renos that uh or not the renos the uh williams rather that uh mm. mansell drove okay the late a little bit later then i always think of the mclaren what is it mp44 I don't remember that all the McLe- <laughs> McLaren nomenclature. It it's, never, the it one never you think makes of, any sense. The, when you think the Marlboro Senna, one, that's, that's yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, that'd be really interesting. I don't know the answer to that, but um, also I wanted to note that they were interviewing uh, Polo. It was uh, I think it was Scott Dixon interviewing him. Or no, sorry, it wasn't Jesus Christ. It was Tony Kanan. I was gonna say that's <laughs> a, another driver. <laughs> Interviewing another driver, okay. Yeah, that was Tony Kanaan. Uh, he was interviewing about the pole lap. Basically, he was going over the pole lap, and I was surprised. He just sort of, I guess this is the thing that happens uh, at Indy. He was like, "Oh, you know, you know, the car was sliding a little bit," and I was like, "Hold up, <laughs> what? They'll slide up the bank." Yeah, is what I've heard. That's yeah. what he was saying. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, the car's, you know, the first lap was good, and then it started sliding a little bit more." And I'm just like, "Nope, <laughs> yeah. I cannot imagine sliding toward the wall." at 230 miles an hour at Indy. Yeah. That's wild. No, I I mean, I agree with you. I can't imagine it either. But, yeah, that's a thing. That's yeah. like... I didn't know that. When he was talking about that, I was like, well, hold up. What do you mean sliding? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. That's, that's a problem they've had for years with these a lot of these cars. Is that so it's, it's, not, it's not rotating necessarily. It's just literally sliding yeah, up the wall. Yeah, it's a four-wheel slide. It's a, four, it's a four-wheel drift. Like, not drift as in what we've grown to know drifting as, mm-hmm. but literally just drifting on all four on a lateral plane towards the wall. Whew. Because of centripetal force, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I understand. The amazing part about that to me is that the car is balanced enough or all the forces are balanced enough that it's literally four-wheel sliding. Yeah, well, what blows my mind is that the, it, with that in particular, is that the tires are that good 
to be able to handle that because you, you'd have to imagine it only takes one of those to degrade one of those four tires to degrade a little more than the rest of them to then that tire either has more or less grip and therefore yeah. pivots on something so exactly. the fact that they're wearing that consistently throughout the race that even as you start to drift up the up the hill or up the embankment rather that you have even wear and that it's a relatively even drift up the up the bank yeah and yeah. that they're even maintaining a similar temperature for, you know going off exactly yeah. that point as well like it's wild and i guess that's part of the reason they do all that setup work and the they have underrated they have... company in racing firestone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they also have those wonky setups for ovals too do, with yeah. the camber and everything yep. and who knows I, I i would actually love to know like on each corner exactly what's going on with the toe and the camber like I wonder if there's like weird. I'm sure there's breakdowns on it. I right? I agree with you. I'm I'm interested now that I think of it. Like, do they but, tow in? What what do they tow in? What do they tow out? Like to help it turn left, well, basically. You and I were talking about how we observed there was like, we both had that moment where why does he have a pad only on the right? Oh, because a lot of the drivers in their around their their harness that they'll have their like little halo that they're the shoulder brace i don't know what the hell you call that thing the hans the hans device or you're talking about no the actual i'm talking part about of the, the actual i'm talking about the part of the car that comes out yeah, and yeah. sits above the hans yeah, yeah, right? yeah. um but you, it's what you see drivers they'll lift out of the car they'll yeah, set yeah, it yeah. down right but on that was a foam panel only on the right hand side and i'm sitting there going i don't understand oh because they're going counterclockwise the whole damn day of course that's why they have a foam pad there i wonder how often they actually rest their head on that like, cause at some point it's got to be fatiguing. I don't care how strong you are. Yeah, it has got to be fatiguing at some point where you just cannot. You don't want to deal with like holding your neck up. Yeah, I, or do you just get to a certain lap where you don't bother holding your neck up anymore, and you just use that headrest, or is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly how they how they do that. I would imagine there's going to be drivers on the grid too that don't have that. That would it's, suck. It, you know, well. It's, Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they're just that they prefer. It's more annoying to them to have that brace than it is to be without it. You know, Could it's going to be a driver preference thing. Yeah, but it's like they're going so fast around that that it's just they hit the corner, they hit the corner, they hit the corner, and it's just like relentless. And I forget how many laps there are. Is it two hundred? Two hundred. Yeah. Okay, um, which I can't fathom. Right? Like I just can't <laughs> fathom that. As like I, as as long as I've ever watched IndyCar or NASCAR, anything that goes around an oval. The fact that you have to do the same thing. Now, granted, I, I understand. I hear is you Is it all. a mileage thing? Are they trying to hit a particular mileage? Yeah, that's what 500 is, yeah. Oh, Jesus Two. Christ. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of oval racing, <laughs> but I knew that one. I should have put the pieces That's why together. you get like Pepsi 400 around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. But, wow, um, that was dumb. It's all good. <laughs> no one's judging you. Yeah. It's not going on the internet anymore. Yeah, no, it's all oh. good. But no, like I, I can hear all the people saying like, oh, well, it's, you know, the track evolves because you got to go around people and stuff like that. Yes, to some extent. But at the end of the day, you're you are still turning left. You're doing 200 laps. You're turning left four times. We're talking about a thousand left handers <laughs> in, the, in the course of a couple of hours. Are you not like again? Good. Uh, uh, again like just yeah at some point you gotta be oh, like what just imagine you, you've seen those exercise devices for formula one drivers right where they they the exercise old, like, their fan neck. bikes from the night no, oh, no 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 where I'm they <laughs> those are still a thing uh but no when they move their head right they're yeah. like strapped to weights and they yeah. move their head to work out their neck imagine doing a thousand reps yeah while racing yeah 
That's what they're doing. Yep. That machine's always in, like amazed me watching those guys do it because it doesn't look like they're doing anything. It just looks like they, they're going from a straight face to immense pain <laughs> to then back to a straight face. And I'm like, I don't yeah. think they move their head very much, like, <laughs> which shows that they're doing the right thing. But it's just a weird workout to watch. <laughs> yeah. I've seen uh, little short videos uh, where like a normal person will try it and it's like a low weight. And then you see like the proper guy, and he's just like his head's not moving, and you can see the strain. Like even some of the drivers, you can see almost their face start yeah, to shift because yeah. they're they're putting so much force into it. But man, it's got to be. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those. You, it's funny because you see those muscle groups all across sports, right? Like hockey players have huge thighs because all they do is skate. Makes sense. Racing drivers always have massive necks. Like it's just <laughs> it's just one of those weird like. <laughs> anomalies in in sports you're just like what oh okay that makes yeah. sense now yeah but um yeah i'm super excited for indy actually um i'm glad you are because yeah. i've always been the only one in our friend group that's like very excited for it it's true it's just so epic and i think i've been thinking recently of like uh what i want to cover on the website in the future as like a goal like what events you know do i want to see on the website and i think i'm basically going to create a list of major events like in quotes Ooh, i like where this is going I yeah because there's events that i just care about not because of the series or anything it's just a cool race mm-hmm. so for me like n24 is on that list yeah D- uh indy 500 yep maybe even the daytona 500 i don't know um, i think it probably should be yeah it's a major major race yeah and it'd be an interesting perspective bathurst 12 hour yep uh monaco if possible you know like that's a tough one but okay but you know that kind of thing sort of like the crown jewels of motorsport at least you know pike's peak for example yeah it's another one yeah it doesn't have to be the same series it can be whatever but just like those peaks that you have every year that you'll tune into something even if you don't follow it yeah you know people will tune into the 500 that just will not watch any car yeah know? oh yeah i mean i do that for daytona yeah and uh so i think i think that's what i'd like to do i'm gonna try to do that it's probably gonna take a little bit but um yeah, I think it's it's uh I believe it's in the you, thing to if do. That helps. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a good idea. I I I like the the idea of making it into the majors of motorsports. Yeah, well. not like, just trying that, to that naming works well too cuz yeah. everybody associates it that goes across multiple sports. You see it in tennis, you see it in golf, you see it in I, hell, you see it in gaming. Like they've got the uh, mm-hmm. major tournaments yeah. and stuff like that that they fill the stadiums and doors for and stuff like that. You know, it's major is a thing in sports. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah, there's cool. there's no way we'll be able to cover every single race or with any degree of. Did you watch British, British touring car this past weekend? No. Okay. Nor was, did it, I. was it this past weekend? I have no idea. No. You were just saying we can't watch every major sport or yeah. every single motorsport. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So I think that's what I'm gonna try to do. It's obviously not gonna manifest and um immediately, but I think that's the goal. And I I think that's just what I'm interested in anyway, because I think that's where you really showcase the high water mark with a lot of this stuff in terms of motorsport and images that you can capture that are just epic because well, of the setting and the scene and everything. Well, in the field. Like that's what that's a, that's the biggest thing too is like you get drivers from other series to come compete in the Indy 500 because they yeah. understand the gravity of it. Yeah. Same thing happens less so in Daytona 500, but you get some guys that come in for the Daytona yeah. 500 are like, "Okay, I got to race in this thing, right?" 
it, so Lamont is a perfect example. We see that every year. Lamont, Daytona, like the yeah. Rolex Twenty Four Hour, the C, even Sebring to some extent. Sebring less so, but to some extent, um, yeah, it's. I, I I think anytime you get an event where people come across the world to be a part of the race itself, that's considered a major. Yeah, absolutely. Sebring, Daytona, Lamont, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, obviously, endurance races are easy because they're just epic on their own yeah um and monaco to be honest is just one of those things it's, it's monaco yeah you know it's interesting because monaco is the one reservation i do have on the, the that we've listed so far i well, get why it's a part of that what but i also like i i get how it's a major but uh, it's also incredibly exclusive because it's still only formula one drivers not just your casual guy that yeah. just wants to compete in monaco isn't getting involved it's weird though because i i was thinking about that earlier when i had this thought and i was like what would be formula one's sort of major events oh it's monaco it's, it's only monaco yeah it's that's it yeah there's nothing else that you really think of as like that's the italian grand prix because it's always there monza i mean to for the most part monza you know it's bounced around to imola a little bit here and there yeah and, or they race them twice two italian grand prix yeah, same year but, or something. but really i mean if you're not but you could say that about like brazil too you know because brazil has it's always when the championship is coming to a close titles are decided uh, or used to be decided a lot in Brazil, yeah. you know. Yeah, but Sao Paulo is not that amazing. Not not that Monaco is that amazing of a track either. It's got history and whatnot, which is great. But Sao Paulo doesn't have the same sort of history plus amazing track plus like yeah. It's, you know, it, it's not the full package. Yeah, exactly. Monaco yeah. does have that full package. I would say Monza is the next closest on the grid. Yeah. But I still wouldn't put Monza in that in that group of, like, majors, right? Yeah, I don't think so either. But I have a hard time... I, I could I could agree to Monaco being a part of the majors of motorsports, but I probably, if it was my list, I'd probably leave it out. Fair. I think that's fair. I was just like, it's got to have something to do with Formula 1. I agree, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I and I and It's I, crazy that there I isn't can, another track, though. I can agree with the argument that monaco belongs on that list like yeah. i can i'm open to both sides of it i just i think i probably lean more to one than the other so for indy i think it'd be the 500 yeah i think it. there's any i don't think so no that's it yeah yeah you're done after that yeah but it's amazing that you know here I, i'm just saying endurance racing is awesome yeah but endurance racing is the equivalent of saying grand prix racing as well so grand prix racing has Indy 500, they have... What do you mean? Monaco. So if uh, endurance racing covers oh, okay. quite I see, a I few okay. series, okay. right? Okay, fair. That's fair. But you are still correct in the sense that I would I would still put Sebring and Rolex. That's two from one series. Yeah. Petit, Petit Le Mans, maybe? Not in the major. No? Okay. I, I, I wouldn't put it, because I would put Monaco ahead of Petit Le Mans. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, th- I think that's that's valid. And uh, if if Monaco's re- Monaco is literally, I, I can't, that's like the bar. Yeah, that is the very low end of the major bar. If, yeah, and and it's not that doesn't diminish how important Monaco is as a race every year. It just it doesn't feel like it's on that same par with a lot of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I think it would be Le Mans, Bathurst, N twenty four, Sebring, Daytona. Yeah, but see, the funny thing is, too, like, Bothers, while I agree, yeah. is that I love that race, and, and that's a great race, and I watch that every every chance I can get. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a major either, though. I, I think it is, because 
it's the one race out of that series that draws everybody in. Yeah. There's all sorts. Of, what other races do you know of? It's true. Do you even know what series? I don't even remember what series it is, technically speaking. The, for the yeah, no, not for that. But but I know of it. I'll watch the Twelve Hours of Bathurst. You know? Right. Yeah, but I, does that mean? And it's Mount Panorama, which is awesome. Yeah, Mount Mount. Yes, hundred percent. I agree with you there. Like the track, the track itself is iconic. I. I would probably put it in there, but I'm I'm kind of on the same lines as as Monaco. It's I'm reluctantly there if I'm there. Okay, okay. I get so I like the idea many, of how like, many majors are we ha- do we have right? I don't know. So let's go through really quickly. Le Mans 100. percent Yeah. Rolex 2400 percent Yeah. Like no questions asked yeah. either of those. Sebring. Okay, so that's two. Sebring I would say as well. That's yeah. three. Indy 500. That's four. Yep. Yeah. I've. I think Daytona 500 has to be. In I, there. I think so. Okay, so you're at five now. Yeah. Monaco. Did we include Monaco? Yes, we did. But let's keep that. Keep so that's that. our fence line, right? Okay. So what else are guarantees? Nurburgring 24. Yeah, Nurburgring 24. I think so. Okay. So so now you're at six. Mm-hmm. I would put Nurbur, the Nurburgring 24 and Bathurst in the same category, which means I kind of put them with Monaco. So I think okay, you so they're jump on it. the fence. But I think that if you're going to include them, you're jumping to eight now. Okay. My my brain tells me to get two more to get to a round number, but I don't know yeah. where they come from. Do you do you include something like Dakar? I mean, like mm, that's an interesting. I I mean, yeah, I I would like to. I think it'd be really cool to have because it doesn't necessarily have to be like you know Monaco is a good example of like everybody knows Monaco or even the Indy Five Hundred. You know what we're forgetting. What? Isle of Man. The TT yeah. has to be in there. That would be really cool. Pike's Peak. Pike's Peak. So there's your yep. there's your 10. Yep. But then again, now we're sitting back on, wait, should we include Dakar? Because Dakar does feel like it should probably be involved. It would be included in, cool to include some type of rally. But again, the problem is the rally that comes to mind is Monaco. Or the Finnish rally. Yeah. That's a cool one. Yep. But Dakar also... Hmm. I've got, I'm gonna make a list. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do? Okay. So let's make a list. Let's each make a list. Okay. For next week. This is our assignment, right? Okay. All right. Each make a list for next week in rank order. Okay. Okay. And I want you to go guaranteed, and then just a uh, cutoff the line. Uh, just a cutoff line of like on. It, even if don't put anything that you're pretty sure isn't included. Okay. Like if you're sitting back going, yeah, I'm like. 90% sure I don't I wouldn't put Monza in there then just don't put it in there okay so yeah. if it's got to be on like really close or it doesn't matter and then any of I would love to get some like responses from some listeners and, and just hear what they say because there's going to be somebody that goes oh how did you guys forget this and I'll be like how did we forget that crap? <laughs> that's yeah you're right yes yeah no that's a good idea I think we should definitely do that okay that'd be a really interesting conversation because um, it'll be interesting to hear the rank order as well. Yes. Because we're going to differ on, on, on quite a few of them. Le Mans one. Yeah, we're, for sure. Easy. Done. Yeah. And any of you listeners that disagree, shut up, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you can possibly <laughs> disagree with that. That's like disagreeing about the Indy 500 being on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that'd be really cool. We are going to have to fit it in, though, with, because we're going to have Monaco and the 500 to talk about, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. 
Well, depending on how much drama there is. If there's no cautions whatsoever and the pole sitter wins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the sure. earth stops rotating. Oh, actually, really quick before I forget, because I already did forget. Uh, you know how Graham Rahal got bumped? Yeah. In qualifying? Unfortunately. Very sad. But uh, un- unfortunately slash fortunately... I don't remember what driver it was off the top of my head, um, but Graham Rahal is back in because there was a driver injured in practice, and he's not going to be able to compete in the race. So, Rahal is... That's very unfortunate for the driver that's injured. I yes. am very excited that Graham Rahal is back in. Yeah. He is one of my favorite drivers. Yeah, I've, I'm sorry. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, a weird, weird, uh, fortunate, unfortunate situation. Yeah, he's no okay, um, but I think he had some uh, vertebrae issues, en- enough, enough that he... They were like, yeah, you're not going to race. So that sucks. Yeah, that's unfortunate. A, that's, a, that's terrible. It is also kind of uh, uh, interesting too because we went through all that qualifying drama and it ended up just for not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's but, right. They got viewers. Yeah, yeah. It was exciting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So um. So yeah, that's gonna do do it for this one. We got uh, Monaco this weekend and the Indy 500 big weekend, and uh, so we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm I'm just excited for this weekend as per as per usual. The, the nicest thing about this weekend every year is that Monaco happens early. Yes, you finish watching Monaco and you go straight into the Indy 500. Yes, you get like an hour, what hour out two hours and, of, and a good break. Yeah. It's a good break. It's enough to like recuperate your racing. Yes, refill your racing tank and go. Let's commit again. <laughs> uh, it is nice that it works out that way. And um, is there's a third race too, isn't there? I want to say there's a third race. I think there has been. I don't know. I don't remember what it is, though. I, I can't think of it offhand. It's... Um, but anyway, um, thanks for listening to this one. Uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, uh, if you want to follow us, it's Motorsports in Focus on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>